You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. On today's episode, I would like to talk to you a little bit more about health and healthy eating. So when people ask me, you know, what should they eat? You know, again, I'm not a huge fan of diet. I just think that term diet almost by definition is a short-term fix. You know, you have a lot of people that try to go on a diet. Uh, They do something, they make some change, whether or not it's for their weight or for their heart, cholesterol, what have you. And then after a period of time of being on the, quote, diet, they go back to their old habits and they lose all the things that they gain. So when we talk about, you know, a healthy diet, what we're talking about is a healthy selection of food that you eat on a regular basis. And, you know, for a lot of people, this can be overwhelming if you find comfort in the foods that you like, um, or you've only eaten a certain way for a number of years, and now you're told or you're thinking that you have to make a change. So the big thing that I talk to people about initially is, you know, if you're going to make a change, don't make a drastic or dramatic change, because most likely you're not going to continue with it, and you're going to go back to your old habits. But make slow, small, incremental changes. And as opposed to looking at eliminating things, look at substituting things. Uh, But the most important things when people ask me, you know, what should or how should they eat? You know, I talk about three main things. So one is eat whole. Uh, Two is eat plants or more plants. And three is eat local. Um, So we're going to go into some more detail about what I mean. So when I'm talking about eating whole, it is amazing all of the nutrition that you can get simply by eating whole foods. And this doesn't necessarily mean raw. There are a lot of people that try to eat a raw diet, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But what a lot of people find is it's time-consuming, and a lot of people don't enjoy necessarily the flavor. And there are some things that you can get beneficially um, as far as breaking down the nutritional aspects for digestion with cooking um, but eating whole is really important. You know, you get people all the time that wonder, well, well, what what is a safe, you know, frozen meal that I can get, you know, that I can throw in my microwave? And anything that's been designed to be shelf-stable at that point has been processed. It has added salts and sugars and preservatives essentially to make it stable enough to stay in the refrigerator or freezer or on the shelf for, you know, umpteen number of weeks or months or years. So you tend to lose a lot of the nutritional value. Uh, So when you're talking about whole foods, you know, these are the ends of the supermarket. If you're going to a supermarket and local farmer markets are a great way to go around and not only eat what's whole, but eat what's fresh and in season. Uh, And a lot of times those things taste better. And it also allows this natural change of diversity of your foods as opposed to eating the same foods all year long. When things are out of season, you're either looking really hard to find it, or these are things that have been in a refrigerator or freezer for a period of time just so they can serve it to you at the supermarket in the off season. So when you're looking for whole foods, you know, these are all the fruits and vegetables. Uh, 
Uh, these are all of your nuts. You know, these are things that are naturally whole. They have not been processed. And as long as you eat a balance of different types of fruits and vegetables, you tend to get a good balanced diet as far as vitamins and minerals. You know, you can add beans into these. This is one of the most common canned foods that I keep in the house are canned beans. You know, dried beans are great because they are shelf-stable for a while, but when you need them in a pinch, it takes a little bit of time to rehydrate them. Um, So if you're planning for something tomorrow, you can always start that process tonight. The other thing which I found is extremely helpful in a pinch is if you have some time, you can take those dry beans and rehydrate them a lot quicker um, in a pressure cooker. So, you know, eating whole is really important. And, you know, for the meat eaters, you know, if you're eating meat, you know, just having your chicken, having your steak, having your pork, Um, if you enjoy eggs, you know, eating eggs. So these are all kind of whole food products that you're going to obtain a lot of nutrition as opposed to getting some meat product that has now been chopped up, mixed in with some seasonings, you know, frozen and stuck in the freezer for you to then go home and stick back in the microwave, um, you lose a lot of the nutritional value there. So a nice whole balanced diet uh, tends to be a great way to add good nutritional value with vitamins and minerals. Now, the second thing is plants. Um, So plants are very important. And again, I'm not saying, you know, go vegetarian or go vegan, you know, A lot of people believe, you know, based on our dentition that we're truly omnivores. And I'm not even going to get into, you know, the debates of, you know, cruelty and things. That's a whole different topic. So I'm not going to, you know, persuade you or even discuss, you know, my opinions on those things. But for for people that eat meat, you know, and I have some friends that, you know, they're they're happy. What are you having for dinner? I'll I'll eat anything for dinner, they'll say, as long as it's steak and potatoes. Um, So, you know, there's people that really, truly enjoy their meat on a regular basis. But if you can substitute, so for a person that says eats meat, you know, five, seven days a week, you know, trying to substitute one or two days uh, of eliminating a meat product and substituting a plant-based product, um, that's a really, really helpful thing for a number of reasons. And that's the whole idea behind these meatless Mondays, you know, taking these meatless Mondays and making that, that one day that you're looking to create some additional food item. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you just have to sit down on, you know, Monday and eat a salad. There's lots of things that you can make, you know, with plant products. Uh, And there's got a lot of nutritional value. But, you know, the big thing when we talk about the environment, you know, is we have to look at how much water and how much feed is needed to produce a serving of some of these products. So, you can find slightly different numbers if you go online. You know, I'm just going to give you some, you know, averages, you know, based on a number of different um, studies and articles. But just to kind of put into perspective, and obviously I'm going to start with the, the eye-opening one, but for a six-ounce serving of steak, you know, you're looking at utilizing about 670 gallons of water to produce your single serving of steak on your plate. Now, what about an eight-ounce serving of serving of chicken. So an eight ounce serving of chicken, you need 330 gallons of water. So, you know, so this is water that is utilized to produce the feed and to supply the animal before it is killed and then set up for food production. Three ounces of pork, 135 gallons of water is needed. What about a one ounce serving of almonds, which, you know, almonds are still known for 
using a lot of water to produce a nut, but one ounce of almonds, you need 80 gallons of water. How about one egg? Let's say you're just going to eat an egg. 52 gallons of water is required for the entire production process of creating one egg. Now, what about an ounce of rice? So an ounce of rice, 25 gallons of water, and a two and a half ounce serving of broccoli, 11 gallons. So when people start looking at a limited water supply, um, and the numbers are just as you know astronomical when you look at the amount of feed that is required to produce a serving of steak or a serving of chicken, you know, you're looking at these huge amounts of resources, such as water and food, to produce this product that you're then going to consume. And then you start to look at the carbon emissions for these animals. So it's not to say, and I'm not telling everybody to be a, you know, a vegetarian again. Um, I eat meat on occasion. Um, personally, my diet is a lot more pescatarian, meaning fish. So we eat a lot of fish. Um, we're lucky because we're close to the ocean here in Southern California, and I predominantly eat a lot of plants. We do eat a lot of beans and a lot of fresh vegetables, and that is what I find that I enjoy, my body enjoys. It gives me the energy uh, that I require. So we don't really eat a lot of meat, but for people that do eat a lot of meat, you're going to get a lot of nutritional value out of substituting you know, one or more of those meat meals and transitioning over to a plant-based diet. Um, and the other thing is, you know, eating local. So a couple reasons, you know, one, the longer that something is picked and out of the farm field and in a refrigerated truck or in a warehouse and being shipped across the country, even if you're eating whole foods, it's starting to lose nutritional value. And what's really interesting is there are a lot of studies that are looking back at what is the nutritional value of things like carrots and broccoli and beets when you look at the minerals and vitamins compared to 30 or 40 years ago? And it's not to say that those vegetables today are not nutritious. They are, but they're not as nutritious and they don't have as many nutrients as far as vitamins and minerals as they did 30, 40 years ago. And, and the big question is, well, why? You know, and, and when you look at all of these factors, you know, the meat that we do eat, if you're a meat eater, you know, especially if it's you know, produced in a large factory type of environment where you have packed in all these animals and now you're feeding them this processed feed that may be genetically modified, and then you're adding in all these hormones to make the cows or the chickens grow bigger, faster, plumper, and then you're adding in antibiotics so all of these animals in close quarters don't become sick and get infections. All of that's going into the food chain, and then you're consuming it. So you're consuming genetically modified food and chemicals and antibiotics. Now, the flip side is, you know, you can find places that, you know, produce these free-range animals that are fed a normal diet for the animal, you know, and are not pumped full of antibiotics and hormones to speed the growth. But a lot of the same type of idea has occurred with vegetables and fruits. So, you know, the goal now is if I have a field where I produce whatever vegetable I produce, you know, I'm producing it on a regular basis, and sometimes it's been changed or modified to grow faster, and I'm not having the rotation that old farmers used to have, you know, people, you know, and even when you go back and look at First Nations, it was really amazing as to what they would grow in what sequential order and when, when they would burn the fields because, you know, certain plants as they grow pull certain nutrients out of the soil 
and that would be good for that one vegetable that you're growing. And then the next rotation of the crop would be something that would take out what's still there and put back what's needed. And this continual rotation is truly a science. So if you're constantly producing the same type of vegetable in the same field, you're potentially depleting the soil of the necessary nutrients. And then now you're doing things that try to make your crops grow faster so they can grow bigger, faster, so they're in the ground for less time, so you can pull them out and get them to market. And that's what's really amazing. So it brings back this whole big question of, you know, what you put into your body, you know, and it's always been said, let food be thy medicine. It really is important to make sure that you're getting a whole balanced diet. And if you're eating local, you know, not only is it trans being or tr- being transported for a shorter period of time, but you're also helping, you know, local farms and you're helping the local people, but you're also getting that natural rotation because at the farmer's markets, you're going to get what those farmers are producing based on the season that you're living in. So you don't necessarily have to think about, oh, what are we going to cook tonight? But this is in season. This is fresh. This is what we're going to cook. Okay, now cooking. So for people that enjoy cooking, and I'm one of them, drives my wife crazy. You know, I'm the person that can open up the refrigerator, take a look inside and go, ah, I got an idea. And I can mix and match different things and produce a meal. But for a lot of people, that's very overwhelming. And if you're one of those people, which is very common, you know, you're looking for some type of recipe. So there's this great thing out there, the internet and all these different apps, you know, that help you follow a meal plan of different types of foods. If you're looking for a vegan or vegetarian or plant-based diet. Um, and then also what's really cool I like is the the programs or sites or apps where you can actually input what you have and then it'll actually give you recipes based on the ingredients that you have within your kitchen. Um, so there's lots of different services out there. You know, two, two places I think that are um, helpful if you're looking for more plant-based ideas that I've used, you know, some of the recipes over the years um, is the website Forks Over Knives. Um, and Dr. Colin Campbell, um, who is a biochemist, um, is very, very big and has always been very big on the idea of a plant-based diet. Uh, and his website has access to some additional um, recipes, so you can use those as a footprint to kind of get your feet wet with things that you can produce. Uh, but it is amazing, you know, what you can substitute. You know, things like tuna fish you can actually take chickpeas and mash them up and add the same type of things that you would add to a can of tuna. So you have a tuna fish sandwich, but instead of fish, you're using chickpeas. Um, And then also even um, pastas, if you're trying to... I have a lot of people I know that really enjoy pasta, but the carbs don't necessarily agree with them or their waistline. And they're also looking to introduce new plants. So there are a lot of pre-made pastas that are dry that you can buy on the shelf, but they're produced from lentils or from peas or from chickpeas. So you're getting this plant-based protein, but in a form that you're used to, this pasta. um, And this way it eliminates sort of the carbs. So that's a great way of sort of substituting. And you may have even heard of, you know, people instead of doing burgers, you know, you can do veggie burgers. Um, And there's a lot of pre-made, you know, veggie burger options that you can use. But sometimes you can mix and match. You'll find some great recipes that you can, you can use sweet potatoes as a binder, um, different types of things that you can bind along with whatever the fresh vegetables are and make a patty, 
you know, and put that on a bun. So you still get the idea of a hamburger, but this is a plant-based burger and something, you know, easy to produce in your own kitchen. Um, so, you know, I hope this just gives you some ideas um, on ways that you can, you know, lead a healthier life by eating a healthier selection of foods. You know, again, the big three things that I always recommend is, you know, eating whole, eating more plants or eating plants, um, and eating local. You know, and those three things really help you follow a more healthy choice of foods, not only for your body, you know, but also for our environment, for our world, tends to be a little bit more uh, conscious of our natural resources that are limited as they are. So thank you for listening. Um, If you found this helpful, please share this with a friend. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm Adam Rosen. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.